1: You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. But other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. and. That time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next 6 to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at PortableChurch.com.
0: Hey, this is Lance Ford, and you're listening to Hardcore Church Planting with the two greatest metrosexual hosts in the church planting world that you'll ever meet.
2: Well, this may not be hardcore church planning, but it's still the two greatest metrosexual hosts in all the world.
1: <laughs> I'm your host, hey. Pete Mitchell. Yep, the wearer of skinny jeans, mm.
0: and I am
1: Peyton Jones, a supporter of the infamous faux hawk. I don't know how you would look with the faux hawk. I, I, mm. I don't know, but wouldn't wouldn't that like were the whole metrosexual? Oh, and like moisturizer for men's skin. That, I would have
2: loved to have seen you when you had long hair. I show you a picture. Yeah, but it's not the same. Yeah. You like see me now? Like like
1: Tommy Wiseau?
2: I can tell you're going through it right now because your whole head is just furry. It's like <laughs> you gave up on the razor for Lent and you're taking the next forty days off.
1: Dude, absolutely. I have full grown
2: chia head right now. You do, you've got you've got that's a I'm great like term a chia for pet. It. You got Chia head right now. <laughs> I can I can just tell, man. I'm like he oh. needs a trim. Oh, d- dude, I, I feel <laughs> like I should run down to Target and go buy you like a a Gillette or something, and just like take it to you. Go here, you go, bro, man. I know things I, are rough.
1: Here, here you I, go. I have I have to train the next three days, and I can't go in there looking like Chaka. You know? <laughs> oh, so it's, so it's getting cut. Oh yeah, it's it's either that or go in there, you know, knuckling on the ground and saying "ungani, ungani." You know, trying to mess with weather pylons. Can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, well,
2: welcome, everyone, to the Church Planner Podcast, and uh, this is a little assumption that we like to call smack talk. Chocolates. Well, let me Chocolates. tell you something,
1: brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you gonna do when the Church Planner Podcast runs
2: wild on you? Now, uh, we do a little thing called smack talk, and then we get into
1: our topic. Peyton, what is our topic today? Our topic today is friendlessness and isolation in ministry. The danger of being alone if you let yourself be. Uh,
2: Are you saying you need a friend?
1: Does somebody need a hug? needs needs a hug? Somebody needs a (laughs) hug. Hey, even Chaka had friends. I mean, they weren't very nice cave people, but uh, eventually he found, you know, Marshall, Will, and Holly, and things started looking up for Chaka. Chaka learned to talk. Only, only primitive, you know, guttural utterings like chaka like, um, chaka no, um, you, you know, he wasn't, wasn't super, uh, you know, expressive, but he got across what he wanted. Mm. Everybody needs friends, even chaka.
2: Well, uh, I do have a, a really, I, I think it's going to be a cool announcement. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, jumping the gun here, but. Uh we are going to start transcribing our podcasts.
1: Woohoo! So, so we have show notes finally? The no, whole thing just no, I'm not show doing notes? show
2: notes. Come on, man. What are you talking about? I'm, we don't do show notes. We're we're look, here's my show note to you. CodabivalWebinar.com. That's all we'll put in the show notes.
1: Here, here's what show notes are, everybody. If if you're kind of wondering like why we don't have show notes, this is what show notes are. Yeah, they're trendy. Yeah, everybody has them. But this is what a show note is. It's a way of saying, hey, you should listen to our podcast because we have these goodies in here. And at this minute, this is what you'll find. And if you scrub ahead to this minute, you know what? You either want to listen to our podcast or you don't, (laughs) right? So it's kind of like if you got to read the whole show notes to to figure out if you want to listen to our podcast, just move along folks. That's all just I'm saying. Just move along. That's all I'm saying.
2: Uh, to me honestly it just sounds like work cuz I know you're not doing the show notes.
1: Oh no. Heck no. Hey, but I did start giving Travis uh titles for hardcore. Well, that was he, awfully nice of you. Well, he, he he started to put things like Peyton interviews with and there was one that he did that was like uh uh gosh, what was it? It it, it was like it it almost looked like, you know, uh, uh, a Chinese gold farmer from a video game had written a description, you know, um, it, it, and I had to say, hey, man, that one's wrong. But can we, like, you know, maybe come up with, like, real titles? Like, what did we talk about? You know, not just Peyton talks with Bob. But that's all I used to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's where he inherited it from. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Because, see, there's
2: actually a marketing reason to do that. Because all I was doing was tying the names together. Oh, look, Peyton Jones
1: interviewed Francis Chan. But it's like, it's like, see Dick, see Jane. But every once in a while, you got to go the extra mile and say, see Dick and Jane, run. Hey, what about last week's
2: uh, Church Planner podcast? What did I put the title? Get motivated. That's it.
1: That's that's all I called it.
2: I'm like, it's the get motivated tour.
1: It kind of was.
2: I know. I know it's a little yeah. TM. I know that's trademarked by the Get Motivated Tour, but uh, see, I don't even know that, and I don't think
1: I don't think they even care.
2: Uh, well, it, I'm. I guarantee if they saw it, they would
1: tell us to take it down. they really? Oh yeah. See now, now you just put a powerful weapon into the hands of our enemies, Pete.
2: Well, you know, it's. I like to do that kind of thing. Every <laughs> once in a while, living on the edge. Actually, I've been begging for someone to tell me to
1: take everything down. They just haven't come along. Well, re- really funny. So, I, you know, I got a virtual assistant and he's, he's rad, right? So, he's pretty funny, but I laughed so hard yesterday. Um, he sent an email to somebody and it was, um, he, what he meant to say was, hi, my name is Coleman. And instead he wrote, Coleman name is Coleman. <laughs> and then he writes his response back later and goes, Hi, what I meant to say was, my name is Coleman. I promise, I'm not a caveman. I know how to talk. <laughs> Coleman's name is Coleman. Oh, I was laughing so it, it It wasn't, I mean, I remember seeing the first email going, what? And then I saw the second one. I was laughing so hard, I was crying, man. That's funny. I promise, I'm not a caveman. That's
2: funny. So uh, are you going to share what, uh, what our, our long-lost friend from the UK texted oh, this morning? Oh, yes.
1: No, I, I think. I, well, should I should I share it? Or I'm not
2: gonna share it because I went and saw Thor, and Thor was fantastic, and it was just like I said. It's Barry. <laughs> That's it. You just can't. You know, it's Barry.
1: But let's just say we might have gotten some hate mail from Barry after uh, you know Pete was saying oh, I'm gonna go see Ragnarok anyways because it looks good, and you know it's only Barry. I mean Barry hated it and. You know, so anyways, um, we, we might have said some, some sharp barbed things, um, last week. And here's the letter that we received in response. Dear hosts of the church planner podcast, I am writing in response to the disparaging remarks made about me on this week's podcast. I was shocked and appalled to hear that my flawless taste in movies was called into question. How dare you? My opinions on movies are unquestionably accurate. That said, Thor Ragnarok isn't a bad movie. I just really dislike the comedic portrayal of these characters I have been a fan of since childhood. If you're not a big-time Marvel comic and movie fan, you will most likely enjoy this movie as it is loud, bright, and funny. I hope this clarification proves that my views on movies are without reproach. I would also appreciate if this error on your parts would be rectified on next week's show. Regards, Barry Waters. P.S. Deckard is a replicant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I was laughing so hard at the P.S., and that's when I knew Barry has no taste in movies.
1: <laughs> Barry, I'm pulling for you, buddy. You had me at Deckard as a replicant, which was the P.S., so you didn't have me until then, but completely <laughs> changed my view when I read the P.S. message, brother. Have I'm you, with you.
2: Have you seen Thor yet?
1: No. Yeah, it was pretty good.
2: I really I like. I'm thinking about taking Luke to it. Yeah, you should take me to it. You live too far away. I know, but... <laughs> you know, since you're not even living in your house, I think you should just move up here. That's all I'm saying.
1: I know. Hey, you know what? When when I go to the movies, this is funny. Pete and I, when we went and saw Blade Runner, um, I have to go to the bathroom. When I come back. Pete's at the snack counter, and he's got this little thing of popcorn, and... Uh, it was a medium. I, I
2: upgraded to a medium because you said
1: you wanted popcorn. To share. To like, sh- to I, normally, share. I get a small. <laughs> But but it's it's all kinds of wrong. Like here's the thing, like Pete. I got us, a box a so you can. Pour we don't even talk about. It. We just like there's the dude rule. When you go to the movies of the dude, there's like the empty seat between you. You can't sit right next to the dude. You gotta observe the dude rule. But what Pete was gonna do was stick this medium sized popcorn. In the seat right in between us. I had a
2: box so you could dump your popcorn in the box.
1: What if our hands touch?
2: No, like that, that's, that's why that you crazy. have the box. One person has the bag. The other person has the box. Why did you say that, man?
1: No, I'm teasing. But I came up like, here's the truth, though. I, I ended up buying my own. And here's the reason. I, I go to the movies with my family. And I'm a sucker for the large Coke. And I mean that big, large one, right? That's the only time I ever get that. And I rarely ever drink a soda. It drink wasn't vodka.
2: like I got a soda with two straws and said, no. here, let's share.
1: Kind of felt that way, though. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then, and then, but I get the big jumbo, like the biggest one they have. And here's, here's the weird thing. I may only be little, but I will decimate that bucket of popcorn single-handedly. It's true. And usually, you know I did. And usually, I'll go back for a refill. I'll have to pee at least twice during that movie with that giant Coke. But uh, I'll get the box, and I'll give some to my kids, and then I'll eat the rest. And, then and, and my wife's like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know where it goes. But, man, I am a sucker for popcorn.
2: The Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners deserve, but the podcast <laughs> they need I, you can
1: definitely say it's not the one they deserve. I kind of felt like that well was appropriate. We think well of you, church planner, and and welcome to the church planner podcast. If you're if you're thinking we're one of those church planner podcasts, we just make some unfunny banter, you know, just to you know make you think we're wild and crazy guys. Yeah, we're not that podcast. Um, no,
2: we could tell you who those podcasts are.
1: <laughs> no, we, we just here's the deal. Like we say, this part's for us. We're going to serve you in a minute. Just hold on. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I,
2: I, this is actually, this is transitioning into a serious topic. Uh Oh no, I just, uh, the whole, uh, the Texas shooting thing, man. What do you Uh think, man? What are your thoughts? Well, do we we uh, know much at this
1: point? Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they found out it's a family feud. Um, And a couple guys pursued the shooter. So he was wounded when he shot himself and he texted his dad and said, Hey, I'm not going to make it. Um, you know, and then, and then he just did himself in. He, he apparently knew he was pretty jacked up. Um, so yeah.
2: So he, he, I didn't even, wow, he killed himself there at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He killed himself. Um, apparently now it, it may be that the cops came and, and, assumed he had killed himself see he was shot. But remember there were those couple guys that pulled out firearms and started shooting. It is Texas after all. Right. Yeah. I
2: read one story and it was like a guy across the street
1: and right. his daughter
2: was like, Hey, there's someone shooting at the church. Right. And he went and grabbed his, uh, his gun. And I guess he's an instructor for the NRA, which are you serious? Yeah, which kind of like, yeah, it's Texas, it was, it was you know? tragic,
1: man. All, all these things, you know, I, I guess the major thing that really um, disappointed me, and I say this every time, is where it immediately goes to um, politicization, you know, where we immediately politicize it and, you know, it people start arguing. And I, I just think it's one of the things that makes America one of the most idiotic countries on the planet. Um, we just don't know when to shut up. You know the the Bible says mourn with those who mourn. There's just a time to shut your mouth. You know, the best part of Job is when his friends just sit down, quiet for yep. three days, and just hurt with him. And if we could ever learn that to just sit down, shut up, and mourn,
2: kind, kind of yeah. reminds me of a a movie we both recently saw called Wind River, where a guy <laughs> sits yeah. underneath Under- the the uh, swing set with his buddy and just you know. Sits there and goes, I I don't got anywhere to go. I'm just gonna sit
1: here with you. Well that that's kind of it, right? Like like this ties into our topic amazingly today. Is sometimes people don't need you to give them a pep talk. People just need to know that they're not alone. And I think a lot of times when people are deeply hurting, there is an isolation and the sense of loneliness that creeps in. And and really all that was happening in that movie is a guy sat down next to him to say. I'm here. I'm with you. Right? I don't I don't gotta have any answers. I don't gotta fix you. That's not what friendship is. Friendship is is making sure that when people are going through it, they're not alone. That's it. What's that stuff
2: on your face? It's my death mask. <laughs> How do you know what that looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Such a great movie.
1: Yeah.
2: It really was good. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh I think it was uh i was like wow man it's happening at a church this time yeah so then you know i was seeing all over uh facebook people going well you know we're gonna have to start arming at the church and i'm like "Ah, oh, i don't know that's just i get it what i thought was really interesting was uh who's the uh, church planner in stanton paul what's his name uh yeah. paul percy percy yeah. right he, he was funny he was like uh because of where our church is <laughs> We've always had people armed in our church. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I was like
1: typical of a new breed church plant right there. I you was know, like, in the "Welcome to Stanton, baby." <laughs> It's like Refuge Long Beach, man. You never know what's going on in that church. Man. Yeah, but
2: I don't know if we ever had anyone armed. I mean, that was on our side, <laughs> armed
1: at Refuge yeah. Long yeah. Beach. That's a good point. Maybe I guarantee you there were armed people. the church, But there were definitely armed people there. There
2: were 100%. That, mm-hmm. that was not a weapon-free church ever.
1: <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm
2: saying. Yeah. But, yeah. No, I just – I was like, wow, man. That's – I mean, I, I, part of me was kind of like – I mean, have there been a lot of things in the U S at churches with guns? Cause I, I, I didn't, I was like, I thought yeah, this was kind of like, yeah. The,
1: unfortunately. I mean, there was that one a few years ago where it was the one a know, few years guy, ago. Well, the one where the, uh, the guy went into the African American church and it was racially oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was reading another comment from,
2: uh, another guy. We've actually had him as a guest on the show. He's a guy I respect. And he was like, look, you know what, I can't believe that our society has come to this. He goes, but there's over 300 million legally owned firearms in the United States. Right. He goes, you gun control is just, it's a joke at this point. If you're in a state where you can legally arm yourself, you're just going to have to start doing that. Like right. just to protect your family. He's like, that's just the world that we live in. You can't, I mean, gun control isn't going to work in a country where there's almost as many guns as there are people. Yeah. You know, it's just, and it's unfortunately kind of true.
1: Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, and this, this is where the church has an opportunity to shine. Um, this is where people can start reaching out. Churches could reach out and say, Hey, we're going to pay for the funeral, um, expenses. We're going to pay, uh, for the damage that the body of Christ has an amazing, um, opportunity. During situations like this, instead, we jump in, you know, monkey see, monkey do. And we jump in as Christians rather than going, hey, guys, why don't we give towards these people? You know, why don't we um, boom, boom, boom. Um, And I the reason I mention this is because I know of an organization that asked for it to be confidential. But a a Christian organization that volunteered and said, hey, we are going to come forward um, privately. And we are going to pay for all 28 funerals. Oh wow. All expenses. Yeah. So pretty, pretty cool. And it, and it, and it just, it hadn't occurred to me until I heard that. But I think that, uh, that's what you can do. I and mean, it's a teeny community. Yeah. These people are poor, you know, they don't have a, a ton of money, 20. Imagine what that does to that church, a oh. church that loses 28 people and goes through that tragedy. Um, it, People aren't even it, gonna want to come back.
2: Like the survivors. Right, right. Because it's gonna be so painful. I mean, not Absolutely. even like the fear
1: element, but it's gonna be the pain. It's the element. memories. Yeah. It's the memories when you walk through that door. Yeah. It's it's it'll be interesting to see what happens. The strength that the pastor, you know, there's been a lot of focus on the pastor who lost his fourteen year old daughter there. And um it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what unfolds from this. Yeah, you know how how they how they move forward as a community, how he moves forward as you know. I mean, gosh, it, at this point, I mean, he's exuded an, an amazing amount of strength. Um, But it'd be interesting to see how he moves forward. You know, if he's able to 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 carry on, and and you know, I mean, you know, he's a dad. That's, that's, how how can
2: you? I don't even know. I mean. I- <laughs> Whenever I hear anything like that, you know, and here's the thing. When I didn't have kids, I couldn't relate to this. And I knew I couldn't relate. And, you know, people would talk about anything that had to do with kids. I'm like, I I can't relate. (laughs) I don't have kids. And then, you know, once you have kids, all of a sudden, all of that stuff makes sense. In fact, I mean, in some respects, a lot more of the Bible makes sense when you have kids.
1: Oh, yeah. Because
2: yeah. of the whole, you know, father son relationship, at least for me as a dude, mm. you know, it, I understand it better. I understand that connection. When God refers to us as his adopted children, I get it better because I have it's kids. It's so
1: funny you're saying this. Last night I put my kids down and we, uh, we use this app right now called Super to go through the Bible. And it's got little videos and they're really well done. And, uh, last night we were on the third one because it, they're like an hour long. So, like, it takes us multiple nights. You know, we'll do about maybe 10, 15 minutes, and I'll just say, Hey, what'd you guys learn from that? Well, last night was the beginning of Jacob and Esau. Mm. And that's my kids right now. Like, literally, right as we. So, we have this thing where we, we the kids are in the same room right now, and there's two <laughs> beds, two little single beds. you <laughs> hit a button.
2: No, I dropped something. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs>
1: And, uh, and so what happened was these two little beds are in there and they're always like, daddy, daddy, sit in my bed, you know, let's read in my bed. And, uh, so we started this new thing where the first person to brush their teeth and get in their bed, ah, it's your bed that we read in. So last night, my youngest was the first one in her bed because she was the quickest to listen about brushing her teeth. So my oldest one was, Hey, you know. Uh, Dad, do you love Eden more than me? And, like, we hadn't even gotten in and to the Jacob d- and Esau did story. You, did you finally admit it? I, You know, it was funny because <laughs> <laughs> after the whole thing, like, she was still mopey, and she was trying to pull herself out, but she was a little hurt. We weren't in her bed, and <laughs> – So I go over there and I jokingly say, well, you know, you're my favorite. And we we gave a little bit. And then and then my other daughter, my four year old was like, stop it. Stop it. Daddy, what you say? What you say? What happened, Daddy? I was like, there's no way to win this because now I'm trying to comfort the other one by just she totally knows I'm, I'm joking. But, you know, it. Man, it, it was so relevant. It was literally my kids last night and we get in there and I'm like, this is prophetic to my kids right now. You know, interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, it does make a lot more sense, man. Well, speaking of my kids, speaking of my kids. Oh, yeah. Um, Star Wars, watch episode three the other night. Uh, three. Yeah, you kind of have a recollection of it because even by your own admission, it kind of halfway qualifies for the original trilogy to to be somewhat worthy, even no, halfway. That's you. No, no, I I all the way love that movie. I full out love episode. Go on. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what was that? Was that me? <laughs> Go on. Who was that? That was me. I just did it. Oh, that was funny. That so sounded like a soundbite. So, uh, so, anyways, we're watching episode three, and um, and and it was so funny because Liberty sees Mace Windu, and he's all mad, and he's getting ready to take the Emperor. And uh, she goes, "That Jedi's a black daddy," <laughs> which was rad. <laughs> it's like the best comment on my daughter, and she's black, so it was rad, you know. That Jedi is a black daddy. That's
2: and so And then funny. uh what's that? I said that's so funny.
1: Then uh the emperor and Mace Windu are fighting and the emperor it, it's funny cuz my my youngest daughter is not into Star Wars at all but she'll kind of tolerate she's kind of curious about it now and uh and and I think I told you that on Halloween I put the mask on and she flipped yes. out. You know, yes. she had been telling everybody how Daddy was an evil villain. I think you scary. you refer to her as a hobgoblin. I remember. <laughs> did I really? No, I've called her an ugnot before. You know that, right? Like when she was little, she kind of looked like an ugnot. She she did.
2: Don't I just remember me. the hobgoblin. The hobgoblin story to me will go down as one of the greatest oh, stories oh, ever. and
1: she scared me. Yeah, and I and I thought she was a
2: hobgoblin
1: first, but yeah, and you I called
2: her a hobgoblin.
1: Her. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 my brain, brain was playing tricks on me that night. Too much coffee. Hobgoblin, hobgoblin, hobgoblin. <laughs> I thought you were a hobgoblin, but you know, it, it's funny because she looks at me, you know, and she holds her hands up. You can see me, Pete. She holds her hands up like she's holding up the, the, you know, like when you show someone the number ten. She puts her hands right in my face and with shock and awe, she goes, <gasps> "Daddy." I did not know he had magic in his hands. <laughs> she was so blown away by the Emperor shooting lightning out of his hands. That was a – and we just started busting up, you know. She was whispering like she had just discovered some secret. So you were watching Return of the Jedi. No, we were watching episode three where he's shocking Mace Windu. And Mace uh, Windu's catching it in his lightsaber. Who's Mace Windu? I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mace Windu was the original character. I don't know if you know that.
2: Oh gosh! Now you
1: just no. It's canon. It's canon. No, no, no. with Lucas, Lucas who was like kind of like the god, you know, the creator. Stop. He uh, he he originally wrote about a character called Mace Windu. That's where that character came from. Then he switched it. I'm just saying, your son's name could have been Mace. I'm just saying. it would have been pretty cool. I'm just
2: saying. Y- you you have no idea. You take whatever little nugget someone drops out there, and if you like it, that becomes your little nugget. You're like, that was oh, his original story. Oh, his look, his look at this. Notes. Look How at this did.
1: little. Look at this little
2: sapling over here. I like this sapling. This sapling's now my sapling. I
1: just you want know, to say even sapling. if you repeat ignorance and say it with a bit of feeling, it's still ignorance. I know. I really <laughs> wish you would learn that. <laughs>
2: We should actually uh, get into our our subject uh, doc. Uh, you can you kick smack us off?
1: Talk. Where where's your where, where's your smack talk? It never I, came out. No, I
2: just uh I I don't think I should go to my smack talk. <laughs> I really do. You did say,
1: "Hey, I have a lot of things, but I don't think I should say them." But I'm going to until you stop me.
2: Well, I think um, this is what we're going to refer to as a self-edit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just I'm going to self-edit, so.
1: Those are rare. They are. Indeed. Great Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty.
2: So uh, before we get into the nitty
1: gritty, I think you got a
2: little something from Regal.
1: I do. Yes. I have to talk about the fact that if you're a church planner, you actually need to get in touch with Regal cinemas. It's what they call theater church. And Regal Cinemas has employed four church planners to help you meet in the busiest place, probably one of the major hubs in your city, in a time where they don't get a lot of traffic. But right after your church meets, they do. It's kind of like when your church is getting out, the day is beginning. People are starting to pour into the movies. So if you're thinking that your only place to meet is a school or maybe a community center, then you need to get in touch with Regal Cinema's The Theater Church branch and chat with them about competitive pricing for getting into a public space and leveraging that to reach more people. Where you can go for that is www.corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater church. <laughs> Come on, cheapo.
2: By the way, I love the word sheeple.
1: I'm going to use that from now on. Yeah, didn't you say it to me last, last week? And I was like, I have not heard that. I
2: don't remember. Here. I like texted it or it was in an email
1: or... You sent something that said, wake up sheeple. <laughs> that's right, I did, did <laughs> What did I send? You sent me something. And it was, I think oh, it was, think it was something to do with the. Wasn't it something to do with the flat earth again? Oh,
2: that's what it was. It was the <laughs> flat earth. You got me reading about Flat Earth. I've now subscribed to the Facebook pages for Flat Earth. You, oh, you
1: did not. Oh, yeah.
2: You got me You got me looking at the moon is a, a space station <laughs> or a spaceship. I'm reading all the theories on that. I'm like, it's true. It's true. The moon is a spaceship. There's aliens oh, out there. You so... And that's why... I, somebody put together a great video or something that was like proof of a flat earth. And I'm like, wake up sheeple.
1: Oh my gosh. It is so funny, man, to, to just, you know, when people are like, when, when people are like, Oh man, I can't believe in the gospel. It's like aliens. You already believe in something that you can't prove. You just know in your heart that it's true. You know, it's funny.
2: I, I thought the evidence for the moon being hollow was really compelling. I haven't read that. Oh, it's pretty compelling. I'm like, oh, NASA did these tests. I believe in NASA. NASA, yeah. I trust. I can make the leap from NASA to that. So Interesting. I'm just saying.
1: I'm yeah, just... I haven't really delved into these theories. I just think they're funny. I've surface skimmed them on YouTube, and, and I just find them entertaining. That, that's about all you need to do to get the whole gist of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not like... You know, I, it, I told you about, um, steve right? No. What? That there was an interview with Steve-O and, um, and in the YouTube heading, like said, Jackass Steve-O, Steve-O, Steve-O dismisses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The guy from Jackass. Okay. He goes, Stevo dismisses flat earth, uh, theory in two minutes. And so, you know, it's Stevo, right? He's, he's, he's like, Oh bro. You know, he's on like the Seth Rogen show. He's like, Oh bro, you know, I, they took me up in this jet and, you know, and they're interviewing him. And he's like, Oh, how high do you goes, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't remember anything. <laughs> get, well, I'm not going to say why, but Steve doesn't remember a lot. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, and anyways, it's got film footage. And on the film footage, it's showing the horizon as being, you know, a sphere. And he goes, Bro, I'm just saying, Earth is not flat. I went up there. I saw it. Look, look at my footage. <laughs> and the guy goes, Well, Seeing is believing, you know, and it and it was funny, man. Because he's like, the horizon's not flat when you're up that high, dude. I'm just saying.
2: That's <laughs> so funny, so funny, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should actually get into our topic. I wanted to. Oh, you, you. I, I was. I had a sound effect ready to go and everything, and it didn't play. And it was a good one too. What was it?
1: I made my money the old-fashioned way. I got run over by a Lexus. Hey, that's always the best way. By the way, church plan. That's why we don't talk about fundraising on this podcast. Just get run over by Alexis. Could you like shut up and give us the money? <laughs> right. It's the vivas and his unmentionable friend philosophy of church
2: plan. All right. So because we have to actually get into our subject,
1: I used to have more friends before I got into church planting.
2: All right, now that's an appropriate introduction.
1: (laughs) Well played, Pete Mitchell. Well played. You know, it's interesting because friendlessness is kind of an issue. Isolation is an issue. Imagine for a second that you're Jesus. Um, and, And I'm not being funny in saying that. Imagine, you know, that sometimes when you're called to something, you really don't have or you don't feel like you have a lot of people to talk to. I mean, how does Jesus, you know, get the comfort he needs? He's getting ready to go to the cross and he keeps telling him, look, I'm going to be crucified. You know, there, I'm going to suffer at the hands of the Romans and the Jews and I'm going to be crucified. But on the third day, I'm going to rise again. And Peter takes him aside and goes, no, it's never going to happen to you, Lord. And it's like, you know, he's, he's looking for, for like, you can just hear it in his voice. Like he's saying, look, this is what's going to happen. You know, like just trying to prep you guys. He's trying to brief them. And then on the night that he's betrayed, um, he's lonely and he tells his guys, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm sorrowing unto death. Like I feel, I feel like, uh, it's really interesting what happens in the shadow of the cross because when he sweats the drops of blood, his anxiety, he alone knows what he's about to face. And his anxiety is so great that his capillaries have, uh, have burst. And uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the medical term when you sweat, when you bleed out your sweat glands. Yeah,
2: I, uh, I actually just in read practice. that in The Case for Christ, and I can't remember what it's called either.
1: Yeah, I think it's called hemoporisis. So I, I think, but I'm I'm going off memory. But medical medical stuff is rusty for me now. But he says I'm I'm sorrowful unto death, and then when he sweats, says the sweat was like drops of blood. Some people say, oh, it's just really big drops. You know, you're sweating profusely. Um, other it's people actually, say no. No, it's, there's it's a condition. Same.
2: There's a condition that, that there's can a happen. condition.
1: Yeah. Yep. Where you're. it looks like you're sweating blood because your blood pressure is so high that it actually starts to burst in capillaries. Well, you can imagine Jesus being aware of what's about to happen. It's not like he's just going to have a bad day. It's not like he's going to get fired from his job. It's not like, you know, his wife's left him. It is. He is about to suffer an eternity in hell, in six hours, not just for one, but for the entire world. And as he's waiting for the wrath of God to come, he looks to those three guys and just says, will you just stay with me? Like that's so touching and heartbreaking that Jesus at that moment, um, he just needed a friend, you know? And, um, you know, it's really interesting. Years ago, I saw... Uh, 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 a one-man play by Dean Jones. Remember the guy in the Herbie, Herbie Goes Bananas, and all the Herbie, the love bug films from the 70s? Kind Total of. Volkswagen. I mean, I remember the movies, but I don't remember the actors. Oh, Volkswagen Beetle. Well, the, the guy who owned Herbie was a guy named Dean Jones. He I, was remember the, he's
2: like, I remember the one where they called him Ocho. <laughs> and the guy's like, why are you calling him Ocho? Ocho means eight.
1: His number is 53. And he goes, well, because five plus three equals eight. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because what, you know, he was in Snowball Express. He's in The Cat from Outer Space. I mean, he was in tons of movies. Anyways, he was a, he was a believer. And he did a one-man play. If you can look this up on the internet, um, it's brilliant. It's total 80s, total like one-man monologue, guy on a stage at a church. It's about an hour long, but it is absolutely genius and brilliance called St. John in exile. And in that he, he brings up cause it's him like having a conversation with you on Patmos. And uh, he's, he's having a, a, a conversation. He's just looking at the camera, just chatting. He's recounting things in the gospels and he's talking about, you know, what it was like to, to know Jesus. But one of the things he says um, is he says, you know, when I saw Jesus, and he goes, "It going to sound weird. And it's a total, like, you know, he's putting this in there. But he goes, I just felt like that guy could use a friend. And the interesting thing about that is, is when you look at John's um, depiction of Jesus and the way he writes, he writes about Jesus as if Jesus were his best friend. You know, when he talks about he was leaning his head you know, on his bosom, mm, you know, right. he was leaning his head on his, he was leaning on him. Like he was tight with Jesus, you know, he loved Jesus. Um, it was his best friend and it, it's just really interesting, you know, that, uh, John has this kind of, um, fiery personality normally, yeah. but love becomes everything to him. And I just think somehow Jesus spoke to John through friendship, like for example, the foot race. Um, he, he mentions that, um, he and Peter get in a foot race and he mentions that, you know, they have a race. <laughs> he, mentions he was the first one there, you know, like he just puts that little detail. I, I, I was the first one by the way, you know, and, um, it's just really, really interesting stuff, you know? Um, but, but Jesus needed friends and he was lonely. I mean, scripture tells us that he was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not, um, esteem him. Um, there are so many Psalms where it says, you know, uh, my companions have fled from me. And it, in Matthew 26, it says, all this has taken place to fulfill the scripture of the prophets, the betrayal, everything. And then it says, then all the disciples left him and fled. And Jesus in John 16 says, behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I'm not alone because the father is with me. And so, you know, you get this sense that um, Jesus was lonely and he was alone at times. I just find it interesting, you know, um, the, uh, uh, and, and so for church planners and and ministers, you're in a position where everybody's coming to you with problems. Everybody's coming to you with, um, their heartaches and their pain, and you got to switch off your life to a certain degree and you focus on them, you focus on their hardships, you focus on what they're going through. And, um, and, and it can feel and it can seem and it can sometimes become reality that you really don't have anywhere to go. And that's okay sometimes. And if you're kind of a loner, like PB Herman says, I'm a loner, Dottie a rebel. It's fine. But then there's times where it's not okay. And you really do need a friend. And if you haven't been building friendships, then when it matters most, like Pete was saying in that movie, when you need that friend to sit down next to you and just hurt with you, no one's around. And that isolation compounds the pain mm. when you're down, it makes it probably 10 times harder when you're going through it. And then you feel like you have no one. Um, It it just, and it can, it can really open up. Um, the enemy can use that to open, open you up. You know, if you, Think about a, uh, a um, you know, the, the National Geographic. You know, the predator uh, is always looking to single the, the weak and sick one off from the herd. Why? So it can attack them with impunity. Because if they're in a herd, they will fight back. Animals will fight back in a herd if they're cornered. But if you can isolate one, um, there's no fight. You know, the rest will flee. You isolate him, and he's easy prey. And it's the same when Peter says, and Peter knows this, right? Peter, I think, was isolated and taken down. And Jesus warns him. He says, Peter, you're you're going to deny me, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Right? And so Peter, in First in Peter 5, he comes to this place where he says, um, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. Roaring lion is because the roar is to is meant to scatter and disorient and to separate. So the hope is that um, the flirt the herd will go and the straggler will panic and go the wrong way, which is often how they get disoriented and uh, isolated from the herd. And then the the female lion just comes in and, and jumps on him, you know. Um, but the roar is a tactic. And so Satan often is roaring out all kinds of lies, all kinds of things in order to isolate. And Peter was the guy going, hey, look, I was that guy, you know, that Satan took down. He isolated me. He took me down. And uh, you can imagine Peter's isolation is, hey, I screwed up worse than anybody. You know, I, 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 I denied Jesus. The others fled, but I denied him and fled. Like, how wrong is that? And then, you know, Jesus says, I pray for you that your faith may not fail. So somehow Peter um, says, you know, uh, he prowls around, but he says, remain steadfast in the faith. You can hear Jesus's words, his warning, echoing. He says, and after you have suffered a while, the Lord himself will restore you. And that's where Jesus, when he was really lonely, he had to first find his friendship in God. And even even Paul has this in 2 Timothy four sixteen, he says at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. And then he says, But the Lord stood by my side. Interesting, huh? It is.
2: It is. I got no comment, by the way. I, I got nothing to contribute to this. <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of going off on a
1: monologue on 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 this, right? I think people are used to that. <clears throat> yes, sometimes they are. But um but you know, it it it's it's really hard in ministry because we don't you know, we're often leading people, we're often uh, mentoring people. Even even if you have other people in ministry, right? You might feel like, Hey, you know, I can't I can't really share with this guy I'm mentoring because he looks to me and all that kind of stuff. And I would just say it's bull crap. Right. It,
2: Well, yeah, no, I get it. It, It's tough. It it would be tough. It would be tough to to find, as a pastor, close friends in your church when that original relationship is one of, you look up to me, I'm the pastor, I'm here to dispense wisdom on you, drop it like it's hot. Sorry, I had a little (laughs) vanilla ice moment.
1: Um, I... (laughs) Glad you pointed out what it was because I missed that moment. <laughs> <laughs> so I could see I,
2: I can see that being really tough. I you know, I think about it's tough. It's tough. I, I, I think yeah. about the pastors in our Bivo group, uh, which you can find all about at BivoInnercircle.com. Um and I know a, a bunch of them, like they'll tell me, Oh, you know what, this guy over here, he's my best friend. And I'm like, that's awesome. But I'm also thinking to myself, dude, he's like, you know, 2000 miles away from you. Right. It's not the same. Like even you and I are close friends, but it's not like we can go hang because of, of how yeah. far apart we are. Yeah. And sometimes you need that. You know, I always make the the joke. Sometimes you need someone with skin on, you know, God's always there for you. Sometimes you need someone with skin on. Yep. And, um, and that's tough, man. That's, that's really, really tough. Especially, I think one of the things that we've seen so much in the Bible Winter Circle, uh, like in the Ministry Voxer is when guys will bring up what's going on at home. And where, where can you go when you got issues at home? Like you, like how many people in your church could you actually talk to about that? You know what I'm saying? Like that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's, that's a tough one because people like to gossip. Oh, did you hear what pastor Pete's doing and problems in his family? And oh my gosh. So, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know, man, that's tough. That that's a really tough road to be on. And, uh, what are your suggestions? How do you,
1: so there's, there's a couple, couple ways to deal with this. Number one, um, And and I've mentioned this before to to, to always make sure that you've got a counselor you can go to. You know, it's not a friend.
2: Yeah. So I got to pay them to be my friend. Gotcha. Okay. No,
1: but you you need someone that you can just talk to um, who, for the family stuff, is an advocate for both of you. See, if I go to my friend and I talk to my friend about my marriage problems, my friend is my friend. And is meant to be sympathetic. Now, a good friend will will side with your wife, too. Will be an advocate for both of you. But to a certain degree, um, A, it's not right for you to be talking about your wife when she's not there. You shouldn't be doing that against your wife, guys. Um, or her to her friends against you. Because you're always going to come out the knucklehead in that. So, So the reality is you need someone who is an advocate for both of you. And is not going to um, you know, really uh take your take a side, but is there in support of your marriage. Now, your friends, you learn that quickly who those friends are. I'm not saying you can't share with your friends, but if you don't pick up that your friend is an advocate of your marriage, is pulling for both of you, because if your friend truly loves you, your friend knows that how devastating a divorce is and is gonna want to to seek to help you have a strong marriage as much as, as he or she can. So, so that's, that's the first thing. Second thing is beyond that, um, you, you need to be talking and praying with your spouse. A lot of it is when you become disconnected with your spouse, that loneliness sets in. If you're not praying with your spouse, that loneliness sets in. And then beyond that, you need a circle of friends. Now, some of us, like you were saying, some some pastors have friends that are close by. Others don't. Um, when I got back to California, one of my friends had moved away to Florida, um, and another one had uh, recently died um, three months after I got back. And th- those were, I would have considered my two closest friends. And that that was rough coming back, especially considering my closest friends for the past 12 years were on another continent when I got back. So the reality is, you know, I mean, you and I started picking up our friendship pretty quick, but, you know, like you said, you, you, you kind of need to see people face to face as well. And so one of the things that I did, and this, this might be something practical for pastors out there, is I joined a group of, of pastors that I could meet with on Monday mornings. They met at 7 a.m. on Mondays. They had a, a kind of like a a, a circle. Um, there was four to six of us on average. And we did these things called RPMs, which uh, it was kind of like, you know, how how you doing? And then you would talk. Relationship was the first letter, the R. P stood for physical. M stood for mental. And S stood for spiritual. And the only rule of that group was you couldn't lie right? You couldn't faff about, you couldn't be fake with one another. You had to, uh, be honest about your relationship. I remember my first day there, this is kind of funny. Um, the pastor, uh, that was hosting it, his name was Jared. He started sharing about his sex life and I went right after him. So I, it was my first time and I started to share about my sex life and someone stopped me and said, no, no, no. It means relationship. Cause I was turning like beet And I was kind of like hashing my words, like you know, trying to figure out how do I, how do I say how I'm doing this. This is the rule of this group, but I don't know you guys, you know. And I and I think I made that comment, and and then one of the guys goes, no, 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 and everyone starts laughing. You don't have to talk about sex. It just happens that he was talking about sex, and uh, so that still to this day is a is a, is a joke among us. Peyton's how out here. How's your sex life? And uh, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was relational physical the guys you know they all be oh, i've been you know to the gym it's been seven seven months since my last uh confession you know okay do you know my last workout okay go do 24 uh you know sit-ups and you know it 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 felt like that you know everyone was confessing about how bad they're eating and then mentally it was what books you're reading and then spiritually it was how, how's your walk with god you know, just in that, guys would you know, one of the guys had lost his son, had died to cancer, his toddler in the first year of his church plant, and that would come around, you know, and he would just say, "Guys, I'm not right. Um, I'm I haven't felt right for about a month. Not doing okay. Um, this time year's hard for me. Um, you know, it would roll around dif- different times, and I mean, just it it was it was good. It was precious and. I would say maybe some of the guys listening, you know, that would be a good thing to get involved with. Mm. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. Um, you, I, I know I don't want to hear about your sex life, so, you know, it's a good <laughs> thing you have that group. But I want to tell you about it, Pete. <laughs> so bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I I almost think that that, that – I, I think it's tough for pastors because of the whole uh like you've shared that with me that it's it's tough to have friends who will like you know be real friends because of your role as a pastor and um that was always one of the things that that you've mentioned that that worked well between the two of us and i i relate it to the fact that I grew up with a pastor as a dad, man. I've seen behind the curtain. I know how 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 uh uh you guys are not as good as everyone thinks you are just because you're a pastor. And I you know, I don't I don't even know what to say, man. I I guess that's tough. I guess that's tough. I don't right. I don't really know. For me, it's tough on the whole friend side just because I'm such a loner. Like I'm totally a loner. I don't I don't That's not like one of the things that I strive for are friends. Um, And I think part of that is because uh, of, I mean, just how I'm wired, how I'm built. But, um, and now that I have a family, I like, I am such a loner. I need downtime away Mm -hmm. from the family and not like, oh, I got to get away from them. But like Sundays are my, my precious day, right? Sunday we go to church. And then Jamie goes with her mom and the kids and they go shopping all afternoon. And I love Sundays because that means the rest of the day Petey gets to do what Petey wants to do. Let go see Thor (laughs) and tell Barry (laughs) how wrong he is about, you know, how, how his take on Thor. And, and it's like, but I'm, I'm a loner like that. Like I'm totally a loner like that.
1: I love that. Yeah. Well, and, and I think some of that's temperamental. You know, there, the the Bible has a lot to say about this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, when when you tend to be in isolation um, because you're an introvert, um, a lot of introverts, I, I tend to be more introverted. You know, I, I like being alone, too. And you yet, are 100
2: like, percent an extrovert.
1: Everybody. You know what? People say that. You no, don't no, no.
2: It's people, not. People say that you are and i'll tell you so not <laughs> every conference i've been to you is miserable for me because you can go out there and you're going to talk to every little person walking by
1: and i'm like oh, yeah. that, well that's that's because that's my skill set that's my gifting my spiritual gifting is extrovert but trust me i am an i i recharge and i i thrive in in isolation but here's the deal there are two things that you need to know about isolation. One is, the Bible says, he who isolates himself rages against all sound wisdom. And that's in context. That's not saying if you're an introvert, you're raging against wisdom. That's temperamental. What that's saying is someone who goes, I don't need anybody. I don't need the, the the reason why is because even if you're an introvert, when the dark times come, and like the Bible says, they, you know, Ecclesiastes says for the dark times will come. The, the friendship is for those times sure. where you can't. So, so there are two separate. I just yeah, want to no, be no, that I, being I, an introvert is okay. I totally it's get what that. Pro, yeah. I totally not get what that. Proverbs is talking about what Proverbs is talking about is there's going to come a day. And so as much of an introvert as you are, you still value friendship. In fact, um, yeah. Well, when my dog died, I was like,
2: before I go back and face my kids, I need yeah. to get this out. And so I called you. <laughs> it's just a cat. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard the story, I'm literally crying. I am I'm, can barely talk. I mean, my dog was my dog. I loved my dog, right? And so Peyton, he just saw Wind River the night before. He's like... Dude, this is my moment to shine as a friend. And he starts talking about his cat. And he loved his cat. And when his cat died, he finally had the move. He's like, I can't be here in this house anymore, man. My cat died here. I got to go. And I replied by going, yeah, but it's a cat. (laughs) 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 And we have each promised each other, to me, that is the funniest story in our entire friendship, is that one right there. We have promised each other, whoever dies first, the other one is sh- sharing that story at the funeral if, right there. If there
1: was a cartoon, the cartoon would be we had both ripped our hearts out, and, and we're both holding our hearts out there, vulnerable and exposed, and, and and Pete just takes my heart and just smacks it down the ground. <laughs> yeah, but that was a cat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Talk we, on friendship. Started, it it's out the talk a on friendship, and I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you the story of how I murdered
1: my friend's heart. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and and you know what's funny is you know a friend loves at all times. The Bible says. And a brother's born for a time of adversity. And the way that that's written, um, the the proverbs have all different types of of structures to them. Like there's the ones that are antithetic proverbs where it'll say one thing and then it'll say it in the opposite way. It'll say it in a positive way and then it'll say in the, you know, the wise man, but the fool, you know, and it'll be the opposite. Those are antithetical. This one is an amplified proverb where it says something in in the first section of it and then the second half amplifies it um by putting it in another way. So when it says a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity, what that's saying is that's, that's what you're born for. Like you know it's 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 not just saying your physical brother. It's it's like saying that friend becomes like a brother and he's born for a time of adversity. That's what we're talking about today, that that sense of that's when friendship really counts. And so you might, you know, kind of like Pete, where Pete's like, I'm an introvert, yet he still has tight friends. Um, you you need that because when the time comes, let's, if you let's let let's not make that plural.
2: But he of, still has tight friend.
1: Pete has tight friend. Um, but but you need a friend. And guys, friendship is an investment in time, right? Like. Pete and I would not be tight. Like we call each other up for ridiculousness. I called up and made a really stupid joke. I was laughing my butt off at Pete's like, I got to go. He didn't think it was funny, (laughs) but I called him up knowing before I called him, this is the stupidest thing, but I have to laugh with Pete at this because I had the stupidest thought come into my head and just called him up, you know? And, and, and a friend is there
2: and a friend is there when another friend has to vent because he's afraid something's about ready to go down at work. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, Shh, sh-
1: sh- he's like, he's like,
2: let me let me share my arsenal with you. These are all of my tools. This is how I'm going to combat this one. That's that's a good friend, man. A friend is that's there a good for friend.
1: that. Yes, that is a very good friend, Pete. <laughs> and that friend knows when to be quiet <laughs> and say no more about said situation. Wind river, wind river, wind river, (laughs) death mask, death mask. So anyways, um, so yeah, so that, that's the deal. So guys, you, it's a time investment and you've got to make it now because it's too late when it hits the fan and you have not been investing in friend (laughs) in each case. (laughs) We we should just stop now, but it is a danger. Isolation and ministry is a real danger. Sometimes, like, like I brought up Jesus first to say, sometimes you just get in that spot where it's very difficult and you're asking for people to stand by and they don't understand what you're going through. And clearly those disciples, they write about it. I know they wish they could go back a million times and stay awake with Jesus. I mean, it was the night of the Passover. They'd had tons of wine. They'd eaten tons of food. It was like Thanksgiving, you know, it, it, it no excuses, but I know that they went back a million times in their head and said, we wish we could have been a better friend to him that night. He needed us. And there's going to come a time where someone needs you. And there's going to come a time where you need them. And, uh, you know, what What I can say now, guys, is just combat that temptation in ministry to isolate or to get yourself back into a corner because you don't think you can have friends. You need friends. It's an essential Survival skill.
0: I love you, man.
2: <laughs> well, you know, one thing I've found to make life a little bit easier for you is uh, if you have a friend that can take care of all your bookkeeping, your uh, workman's comp, your payroll, your IRS compliance, if you have that kind of a friend,
1: you've got oh, something special. Absolutely. In fact, I don't even think of him as a friend, I just think of that as someone I use. <laughs> SimplifyChurch.com. <laughs> they'll take care of all of your IRS compliance needs. They'll take care of all your bookkeeping and they'll help keep an eye on the shop while it's being run. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meat board. I'm not only the heckler president, I'm also a client. Well, my friends, and I use that term lightly, thanks for joining <laughs> us today for the Church Planner Podcast. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
2: Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com.